Welcome, everyone, to episode 505 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Corey. Today's topic is going to be triangle strategy, the sort of spiritual successor to the uh, one of our favorite franchises in uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, the Square Enix kind of went for the, uh, you know, recapture some of these old uh, pixelated RPGs, but kind of bring them into the modern age. Uh, so if you played Octopath Traveler, you'll kind of understand where we're coming from when we talk about the uh, HD, Was is it 3D HD pixel graphics or something? They have a term for it. Like I don't that, remember yeah. what it was. Um, but it's it's in that same vein as, as Octopath Traveler was. Uh, but it is a tactics game similar to Final Fantasy Tactics or, uh, you know, any uh, Fire Emblem, anything like that, a sort of a tactical RPG. So uh, that's going to be our main topic. Core, do you have anything you want to tease for later on in the episode? No, I think that's all really that I've played. Okay. Uh, I, I'll probably talk a little bit more Elden Ring. I've played mm. quite a bit of Elden Ring still. Um, so, yeah. So I'm sure there'll be a little bit more discussion about that. Um, so, yeah. Let's get into triangle strategy. So, um, I, 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 I will start by saying the game kind of starts off a little bit slow. I don't know if you felt that, Corey. I didn't, but I think it didn't feel that way. I could see how it would, but I think it didn't feel that way for me just because of the anticipation of what was to come. Just because okay. I think like the aesthetics and um, I might have said this in our last episode, but I, I think the game does a really good job of capturing that Final Fantasy Tactics nostalgia. Mm -hmm. So in seeing the initial like setup and, and everything at the start of the game, and also I played the start of the game in the demo phase when right. I was like even more excited for the full game. Um, so I could see how it might feel that way to some people, but like playing it, I was just like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, this really scratches that ish. This is that itch. This is great. This is great. Um, so for me, it was, it was kind of special, but I could see that complaint. Yeah. Uh, it, it was nothing that would, would have dissuaded me from playing it, but, but I could see some people being like, I, there's like, they're just talking right now uh, because it is a, a lot of talking. Uh, I think the character developments, starts a little slowish. It took me a little while to warm up to the characters and, and to and to grow to like the characters. Um I, I say a little while, but probably like an hour, uh ultimately. But you know, there's not a, a ton of battles like right off the bat. Um I know in Final Fantasy Tactics it literally starts the game off with a battle. That is not the case in, in this one. Um so uh, that would probably be my primary complaint about it. Outside of that, I've had an awesome time with it. Uh, I think it does a great job of modernizing sort of the old pixelated tactics games. And uh, yeah, let's let's hear your thoughts, Corey. I'm, I want to want you to dig deep. I think it's a amazing game. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, and I mentioned to you guys that it pairs well with a game like Elden Ring because yes, it's it almost does. it's it's almost the polar opposite. And I was thinking about it this morning before we were recording, and like I'm trying to recall names of people and places and things I've done in Elden Ring and why, and I just have nothing. I can come up with nothing, you mm -hmm. know? But then I think about a game like Triangle Strategy, and I know everybody's name, <clears throat> who they're related to, what their ambitions are, you know, and like I have a big, under a good understanding of the greater geo geopolitical situation going on in the triangle strategy game um and i think <clears throat> i think that juxtaposition between those two games really just highlights what makes both of those games really great mm -hmm. and 
one of I did see this complaint echoed elsewhere on the internet, but triangle strategy is a lot of story, which Elden yeah. Ring is no story. I mean, there is story, but it's right. basically non-existent. It's not. It doesn't drive the 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 game forward in any way. Mm. Um, whereas triangle strategy is, it, it, like you said, it just kind of drops you into the middle of a story without really endearing you to any of the characters or anything. It kind of felt very like Game of Thrones in that way, um, mm. which is kind of a lofty uh, title to to compare this this game to. But I do think in terms of the the intrigue and the storytelling and like the backstabbing and the shades of gray. Um, all those types of things in this medieval fantasy setting, it does really feel kind of game game of Thronesy. Um, and it also happens to do that stuff really well. And in most cases, I think better than any game I can think of in terms of paying attention to what characters are saying, and then being given a range of answers to their questions. Mm -hmm. And then depending on your answer, different things play out in different ways. I'm not sure to what extent your decision making impacts the overall story. I know it has a lot to do with what characters join your party mm -hmm. or don't join your party. Um, but other than that, I'm trying to like do a spoiler free playthrough where I don't yeah. really know, you know, I'm just kind of feeling my way through the game. Um, so yeah, a very roundabout way of me saying, I think the game is awesome. And I, I could see some people, not appreciating the story side of it so much because there is so much of it. It's it's almost like literally in terms of gameplay, 50-50 story and yeah. communication and combat. Yeah. You know, combat is the main like gameplay that you do, but um the storytelling is such a big part of it. And if you're if you're one of those people that just likes to like breeze over the story, I don't think you're gonna get much out of this game. You might no, appreciate I agree. the combat. You might appreciate the combat, but that's in that there, there's not really enough well of it. done too but there's really not enough of it to mm -hmm. to satiate you and yeah. and if you don't really understand the motivations of the characters and what's going on you could be playing the battles incorrectly yeah um there are certain like hidden goals and objectives and stuff in battles um that and again i don't really know what happens when um, but there was this one battle that I was trying to be really careful on how I beat just because I suspected that it might have an impact on yes, what you do. Yes, I know a battle, battle you're talking about, by the way. Um, and, like, I couldn't. It was really hard. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to look up to see if this <laughs> does make a difference. Because if it's not going to make a difference, I'm not going to bother trying to beat it this way. So I looked it up, and, and I don't really know, but I saw somebody in a thread say, oh, yeah, if you do it that way things change you right know? and that's all i needed to read i'm like okay so so i'm gonna try to keep doing this um but that's another thing i really appreciate appreciate about the game and it, it feels kind of old school in that way where like not everything is spelled out right in front of you there's stuff going on behind the scenes and again like those th that decision making process those shades oh. of gray like there's no clear right or wrong answer mm -hmm. um you could make answers based on your own morals or or whatever i tend to make my decisions based on what I think is best for the people of Wolfort, which is the house you represent. Right. Um, but there are lots of other ways to play the game and lots of other paths you can take and lots of other characters you can associate with and work with. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, there's, there's so many things this game does really well, but I still think it's a little rough around the edges. And I think that just speaks to how great the like, they nailed it, I mm -hmm. guess, is the best way to put it. They 
the vision of the game, I think, was on point. It delivered that Final Fantasy Tactics nostalgia. Um, the mechanics, I think, were also on point. They they did all of that type of stuff better than I've seen in any other game. Um, the tactical combat, I think, is better than I've seen in any game since mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Tactics, really. And I've played a lot of those types of games. Um, even in, in the storytelling, I you know, I just talked about for the last three or four minutes. I'll shut up now. But yeah, yeah I, I think there's a lot to <laughs> like. There is There is some things that I could criticize, but... Um, I really, really, really love triangle strategy. Yeah. Uh, Will, you're you're with us now, right? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good. Um, Will Will is joining us from his his phone. His computer uh, was giving him a hard time this morning, so uh, he's joining us from his phone. Will, what are your what are your thoughts so far? Yeah. So I'm not very far. I think I'm only in chapter three. Um, basically, I just decided who I'm escorting. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I'm not very far. The problem is I'm trying to play like Horizon alongside of it. So mm-hmm. an Elden Ring. Uh, but I really love this game so far. It kind of scratches the itch of everything I like in the strategy RPGs. Um, I feel like we haven't played a game like Final Fantasy Tactics because I don't think Fire Emblem is that close to like Final Fantasy Tactics, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. Um I think it's one of I think it's the best like strategy RPG that's like been out and coming out. Um, but it's not like Final Fantasy Tactics. I really like Felseal, um, but even that was a little bit different too. Um, I think this is the closest to Final Fantasy Tactics that we have like actually have gotten uh, so far since I, like we've been playing and covering video games in my opinion. Um, and I really like that about it because it scratches an itch of something that kind of seems to have been lost in the gaming industry where everything's becoming more action-y, more um, fast-paced. Photorealistic. Yeah, photorealistic, all that jazz. The 2D, like, HD, like, art style is one of my favorites because these games are so pretty. Like, mm. Octopath is another example of a game that's, I think, gorgeous to look at. The Dragon Quest Three remake that's coming out is another example of, like, a like a gorgeous game um and i like that because i think that if you're going photorealistic i just feel like that that takes a lot of uh resources away from the console that you're playing on to take away um being able to do cool things gameplay wise so what i like about or not Final fantasy tactics uh triangle strategy is they went with an old art style made it look as cool as it could but they have all this room to do cool gameplay stuff. So Corey talked about the story. Uh, from what I've gathered, Corey, I watched a review with somebody who said him and his friends are all playing Triangle Strategy, and they all have very different stuff going on in their story in regards to battles, what characters they have, what's going on. Um, so it seems like that there's a good amount of variance. Um I mean, we won't know that until people do multiple playthroughs, for sure, uh, how yeah. different it is. But if that's true, like, that's really cool. Um, so I really like that. Also, I talked about it maybe when we did, talked about the demo. I don't remember, or maybe it was off air. Uh, but, like, the, with the gameplay, it's so cool that you can just, like, light a house or the battlefield on fire. Because, like, in games like Tactics, you really couldn't. It was just like the most thing they did is if you were in water and got hit by electricity, it did more damage. But other than that, like they didn't have these things where you can like freeze train, light train on fire, uh, the backstabbing stuff, like all that jazz where you can surround people and multiple people attack. Like they added a lot of layers to that. 
Um, and I really like that. I think that adds way more tactical dynamics to battles and it can make them harder, but also easier if you're really, really good at being able to strategize and have a good team together. So I really love that about the game. And I really like truly think that this is a pretty awesome game. Um, makes me happy to see that the tactics genre is kind of like making a strong comeback too. Uh, I think this game is going to be leading the way because, like I said, I don't really think Fire Emblem is quite uh, quite exactly like Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. So. Yeah, to to piggyback off your point about the diverging story, Will, uh, this, is, this is a game I'd actually like to maybe, <clears throat> maybe not when we've all completed our first playthrough, but maybe some, somewhere down the line, I would like to do a, uh, like a spoiler cast of, of the game, uh, you know, and just just to see how how much our our paths diverged, uh, based on our our choices in the game, uh, it's definitely one that lends itself to having a multiple playthroughs. Um, I'm 100 percent when I finish it going to start a second playthrough, and and try and do different things than I, than I did before, because um, my whole uh, strategy sort of at least up until this most recent decision was I was um, so to pedal back a little bit uh, the the sort of leader or second and second leader in, in the Wolf Fort domain was, uh, is Sarah Noah. He's kind of the main character. And at the very beginning, he gets betrothed to, uh, someone from a rival nation, uh, named Frederica, who I, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, make sure Sarah Noah and Frederica were on the same page the whole time. So whatever the decision was, at least, like I said, until the most recent battle I did, which is I'm on chapter, I think 14, maybe. And I read there's 20. Uh, so I wanted to be on the same page as her. So whatever she wanted to do, I made sure that, uh, I did my best to convince my teammates otherwise, um, or to, to follow along with her and, and whoever else allied with her. Cause one of the main, main things about the game is when you come to like a, a fork in the road, what they have a thing called the scales of conviction. And it's how you choose to go about, you know, making a decision based on, you know, what path you're going to go. So, uh, and then the, the sort of the main characters in your party have a vote on what, what the, the team does as a group. So uh, to use a, a beginning example, there's uh, an, an opportunity for Sarah Noah and his party to, escort foreign dignitaries to their to their nations uh one wants to go to you know some people want to go to esfrost some want to go to hyzant uh so you know you have to convince the other the other teammates like uh, so i wanted to go to hyzant so i had to convince people to go to hyzant uh and that usually coincides with the exploration phase in this game which is not something that we saw in final fantasy where you get to walk around uh sort of freeform and talk to villagers and explore things and learn information uh that you can use when you're trying to convince people about uh a reason why you want to do something uh you know as, as it relates to the scales of conviction uh which is also a really cool extra gameplay element uh and it can, it rewards you for being thorough cuz a lot of times you'll just find like a script somewhere uh that'll give you a piece of information that helps you when you're trying to convince people uh one thing or the other so uh and and not having those sometimes makes it so you have a harder time or or what have you, you know, in your upcoming battles. Also, so. sorry to jump in here, no, Dan, but I wanted to ask you this question. I suspect that sometimes those that those bits of information that unlock advanced answers and these negotiations with your teammates don't always help. 
don't always help. Is yeah. that that's I, true, right? I got that impression too. I don't know if there's any way to necessarily find that out without uh, seeing what happens in, in, in those cases, you know, back to back. Um, yeah. But I, I do suspect that it doesn't always help. Yes. Yeah. So, so just because you found the secret item hidden somewhere that gives you information towards something. Right. And then it, it unlocks as a potential answer in negotiations with your team when you're trying to convince them to, to go down the path you want um, doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they want to hear. Correct. So I, I really appreciate that because yeah. you're not just going through the motions of the game. You're actually thinking about what they're saying and making sure you're responding accordingly to convince mm-hmm. them, you know, and, and again, that's part of the reason why you kind of have to pay attention to the story. Exactly. In order yep. to get the most out of this game. 100%. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah that's a, that's, I, that's something I don't, I don't know that we've talked about in any of the times we've talked about the game is the, the exploration phase. And that, that's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, you also can do a little shopping in that case. Um, yep. Uh, the, some some of the places have merchants, um, and then then there's hidden treasures like all over the place. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a really really cool uh, gameplay mechanic in the game. Uh, another thing Will touched on that I think is worth talking about um, is the custom abilities. That every character has a unique custom ability that really is a totally different gameplay uh, function. It's it's kind of like Octopath Traveler in that way, where every character could do something unique. Mm. Um, in this game, it's in combat, and I have a character. I, I don't know if you guys have this character, the artisan um, Jens, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's one of my favorites because he can build ladders on the combat map. Which, to Will's point, like you couldn't do any very little terrain environment interaction in Final Fantasy Tactics. You could like open a gate. You know that would yeah. be the the limits of the the interaction with the terrain, but in this game, you can do lots of different things. And um, Jens, the artisan is one that can build a ladder, which is super helpful because you can, um, it's an early level ability, like level five or something like that. And you can build a ladder that can go 10 height squares, which is a huge distance and can really change the chemistry of the, the, the combat map that you're playing on and really give you a, a, a huge advantage. If you use it effectively, um, I've used it to, build escape routes you know if I, my starting position isn't good i make sure jens is on the map and i give my team an immediate escape route and the escape route and they can back off and and try again somewhere else um i've also used it to like get to the enemy a little more quickly if there are some uh battle mages or something like that in the front lines i can build that ladder and send my troops to them much more quickly and, and take them out um so that's a really cool character. He can also build a spring trap, which is a lot of fun to put on a tall building because then the enemy walks into the spring trap and it pushes them off the building and um, they lose their turn and they take a bunch of damage. So a lot of <clears throat> those character abilities are just so much fun to play around with. Um, the ice mage can build the ice wall. That's mm-hmm. kind of fun to block off paths and, and prevent the enemy from surrounding you. And again, like it just totally changes the the complexity of the strategy um and i don't know about you guys but i'm well will you're not too far into the game but i'm trying all the characters i like to to just see what their abilities are and um have fun with them but i did see some complaints about the way level scaling works in the game um it seems to me like if you're like one level under the enemy you're 
really ineffective against them. Not really ineffective, but there's a huge difference between being one level below the same level or one level above. Um, but it's also relatively easy to level up a character who's underleveled if you just bring a level, you know, for instance, a level nine character into a battle with mostly level 15s or whatever. Um, that level nine character is basically going to level up Every the first turn. move that they make, yeah. <clears throat> uh, which I appreciate about it, but at the same rate, like it kind of invalidates any like grinding or, um, I don't know, I guess just that it invalidates any of that level scale stuff. Like you're basically just going to be the same level as the enemy. And if you're not in the first battle by the second battle, you will be, because even if you die, you retain your experience that you get in the mm. battle. Um, I haven't seen what putting the game on hard does. Do you know, Dan? I don't, I no, I haven't. Um, I don't think it, it. I don't think it does permadeath only because the, the characters pro probably need to be in the story. So I, I don't I think, know if it just makes it so everything's like one level above you generally or. I think there is um, permadeath for the characters who aren't part of the decision making team. OK, if, if if you put it on hard, I could be wrong about that. But I also read that permadeath was one of the things they removed after the demo feedback last year when they did the demo. Oh, OK, Um but I think it's just now it's just one of the hard features. I don't know. I, I, I don't know for sure. But um, in any case, yeah, the the uh, difficulty scale is basically not a factor in the game, in, in my experience. But, yeah. Um, and they I do... also don't mind losing a battle once yeah. or twice. Yep. You know? so, so they do so... a couple things to alleviate what, what you're talking about, Corey. The first is that if you go visit the bartender in your encampment, uh, which is another thing I don't think we talked about. That's where you do all your like leveling up and 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 uh, increasing, yeah, increasing your 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 character's abilities and equipping things. Um, but if you go to the bartender, there is mock battles that you can do. Um, uh, it seems like after every major battle, there's a mock battle, a new one, or uh, at least close to that. I think I've I've gotten like maybe ten or twelve mock battles that I've done. Um, and so, so that's a good opportunity to, like you said, if you have a character that's a little bit lower level to, to plug them into there and, uh, you know, level them up a little bit. Uh, but also like Corey talked about when you fail, you retain all the experience that you gained when you were fighting the battle before. Uh, so you can just choose to restart the battle once it's over and you'll have, you'll get all your items back that you used during the last battle. Uh, but you'll also, uh, retain all the experience that you got. So, uh, I know for one of the battles that I did, it took me like two or three tries to get it. So, uh, you know, ultimately, if you keep plugging away at it, it will get easier uh, to to finally uh, mission accomplished, you know. Yeah, and that's a, a feature I really genuinely appreciate because mm -hmm. you can tell, you know, the developers thought about that and, and wanted it to not feel like you wasted all your time. You know, it's, it's a game that respects time and, and yeah. I really appreciate that because it doesn't it doesn't hurt too bad when you lose because you're still making progress yeah uh and you know there was literally points in final fantasy tactics where if you weren't prepared for what was coming you could not advance and you could not back out like there was time like i got stuck in the same place three or four times before i finally like went in ahead of time prepared for what was coming and and could you know th that would have alleviated it. if you failed the battle you just gained some experience maybe changed some things around a little bit um, but yeah, that was yeah, not the case. Your, your option in 1997 was to start the game over. Start the game over, <laughs> That's exactly. What you had to do. Yep.
Was that Rio Vane's castle? Yep. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about some of the things I, some of the issues I have with the game, if, mm-hmm. if, if now's appropriate. Uh, the voice acting, I know I mentioned it. It's, it's just, it's uneven, and I'm starting to not notice it, which is good. So maybe it's not as offensive as I thought it was at first, but, mm. um, we talk a lot about you know the appreciation for older JRPGs and stuff like sprite based where there was no voiceover and how you know the power of imagination can be so effective in these games and part of me just wishes they there was no voice acting but i've also realized that i kind of like just like putting the controller down and sitting back and letting the story play out in front of me and and having it auto go through the dialogue um and I'm thinking about it more as like a visual audio book rather than like a scripted film, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe I'm putting too high expectations on it because there's a lot of talking. There are a lot of characters. It's a lot of voice work to do. It's really hard to find a lot of good voice actors. I'm assuming on a budget. I don't think this game had a massive budget. Um, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. And, and like I said, I'm stopping like really noticing the, yeah. the really uneven voice acting. So yeah, that's a- good. After- that was a bad that turned into something that didn't bother me so yeah. much. Yeah, after a couple hours, say uh, same. Like I noticed it at first, but now I don't even I don't even think about it now. Yeah. Um the world map is another complaint of mine. Mm-hmm. I like after playing Octopath Traveler, that map was so freaking beautiful. Um and for it just this map just doesn't seem to match the aesthetic of the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and it's also just kind of hard to read and figure out where you are. And I don't know. I just there's just something about it. And I, I guess I'm a world map snob, but um, I don't know. It just takes me out of it. Um, I did note that the presentation overall lacks some polish, although I, I don't know if there have been updates at all to the game since it released. But uh, that's another one that has just been less noticeable. Uh, I don't know if it's because they cleaned some of the like transition screens up or what, but it just it, it feels more polished than when I initially made this note, and I don't know why. That could just be me being a diva when I originally originally made the note. Um, and then the other one was job system. I suspected that there was a job system, but now I'm realizing there isn't. You mm. have your job, and then there are three ranks within it, and then that's it. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, all you do is you. Yeah, you you. Yeah, you don't have the option to like switch jobs, which some of the characters you couldn't in in Final Fantasy uh, Tactics, but for the most part you could. And some of them were like, um... oh no, you could switch character, you could switch jobs for all the characters, couldn't you? Or was yeah, there... certain characters had special jobs, but you right. could still switch them to like uh, black mage back, or white yeah. mage. That's right, back to squire, and yeah, that's right. But yeah, there there isn't that, and you know, you had, they have one one class that you sort of upgrade, and then that's it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that I, I had it in my head that it was in the game, but now that I'm like a little more than halfway through, I think I'm in chapter 11. Um, I'm realizing that that's just not part of the game and it's like, Oh, well, I was kind of looking forward to playing around with that, but that's okay. I'm still really enjoying everything there that is in this game. Um, yeah, I actually agree with that. That's, I didn't know that for sure, but I suspected that there was no job system. And that's really, like, my only complaint, other than, as you guys said, voice acting, uh, just because not great. Um, but, yeah, those would be the two things that would have uh, knocks against it so far for me. Yeah, um, and that's a, a relatively small thing. It's just uh, the the Final Fantasy Tactics um, 
OG fans like us were looking for something like that. But um, that's really all I have. I mean, oh, I wanted to ask you, Dan. Yeah. Was there ever a point in the game where you talked to a cat and then you got the notification that your convictions were strengthened? Not that I noticed, but it's possible because I always talk to the cats. That's possible that that did happen. And I just didn't notice it. Okay. So what happens if you pick up a bit of information or you make a decision? I think it's only when something you do changes the course of the game, you get a little notice in the top mm-hmm. right that says your Saranoa's convictions have been strengthened or something like that. And I'm pretty sure it happened one time when I talked to a cat in okay. a house. The cat didn't say anything and just like meowed, but then it said Saranoa's convictions have been strengthened. And I'm like, did I just did I just unlock like a cat? <laughs> character for my squad or something i don't know i guess i'll find out but yeah it'd be uh, it'll be interesting and i'm sure this will happen eventually that that people will break down and and put into some sort of spreadsheet like all the things that you do that make a difference and like i don't know how the system works but but somewhat there, there will be breakdowns of of what each thing that you do does eventually you know and i'll be interested yeah. to see that see that data uh, formulated, yeah. you know, formulated into something I can understand, you know. Definitely. Do we do we know how well this game is doing? Is it selling well? Is it? I don't know about oh, sales. Yeah, know. What's that? Um, I know it sold a million. Okay, that's good, right? Yeah, that's really good. Uh, a game like this, it'll be out on other systems too. I'm sure. Yeah, it sold. I don't think Octopath Traveler sold this well this quickly. I believe it sold eight hundred thousand in the West and two hundred thousand in Japan. Okay. Nice. That's yeah, great. Um, probably like Octopath, it'll eventually be available on PC and other consoles too. So that's yeah, good. Big time. Yeah. I, I, this is one of those get like, I, I said this about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like this is a game that's right up my alley. So I kind of want to make sure, you know, the popularity of the game yeah. is apparent. And like, it's one of those games where I would buy it for somebody if they really wanted it, you mm-hmm. know? Just to support if they couldn't afford it, just to support it. So if you're listening and you really want triangle strategy, let me know, um, because I think it would uh, it would be great to have a triangle strategy too, or signal the need for Final Fantasy Tactics too. I don't care. It's just like this style of game I think is is incredible, and it, it's it's really for me. So the more of it we can get, the better. Yeah, I agreed. think we're building to a crescendo of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics remake remaster fft2 something in that regard um just because the last state of play uh with deal field chronicles i just think that uh we're building towards something like that i hope so mm-hmm. i hope so any other thoughts cory no i i really love the game and uh i kind of wish i didn't have responsibilities <laughs> in a day because i would love to just have a binge day where this is all i do yeah agreed will any other final thoughts on triangle strategy no i'm i'm so excited to get deeper into it um i think i'm getting to the point where i'm close to just like having story left in horizon so i'll be able to like dive in more Mm -hmm. so okay yeah I, i yeah i don't know if i ever mentioned but i i absolutely adore the game too i don't really have any complaints really uh other than it starting a little bit slow but now i now i'm i'm fully on board i love the characters i'm excited to see where it ultimately goes i read that there's about 20 chapters so i'm you know three quarters of the way through at this point i don't know uh you know if if hour wise i'm i'm that 
that far or not, but yeah, I'm I I love it. It's it's so good, and I will dive right back in after I'm done with it. And uh, for a second playthrough, that's I that I do things differently. So, Dan, I'm gonna ask you one question. Yeah, it's a yes no question. Okay, is there a big betrayal? Because you're a little bit further than me. Uh, no. Okay, but. That's just Not the yet. way I've well. Yeah. That's just the way I've played things. I don't. I don't okay. know if if you know. Yeah. If if you know if I done, had done things differently, some you know I would have been betrayed. But yeah. Okay. Um. We real quick, see. I do have a really quick question. Yeah. Was my I I said having not watched Game of Thrones, I said I feel like this is kind of like what games Game of Thrones is about. Am I accurate in that? Yeah, Corey actually talked about that, I think, before he got on. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It just felt like Game of thrones to me. Yep, yep. Oh. High-level high political intrigue, yep. medieval fantasy. Yeah, it's it's got all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Dragons? I haven't seen a dragon yet. No, it, there doesn't seem to be a lot of mythological stuff other than magic use. It's it's people and, you know, it's Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, early Game of Thrones, I should say. Yeah, so it's you know, pretty grounded. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, nibble bits. I got a couple quick nibble bits. Uh, the first being that Steam is coming to Chromebooks. It's crazy. Uh, so that is yeah, crazy. no, I I had no idea about this. I didn't know that they were even doing this until recently. Uh, it's only going to be available, obviously, on higher end Chromebooks. I think there's only maybe two or three right now that are uh, accepting of it. Um, it's a, uh, I'm not going to be able to come up with the models, but they're like five or six, they start at like five or $600 for, for a, a Chromebook that's steam capable. Uh, and simultaneously with that Chrome is, or Google is working on getting a variable refresh rate to be a thing on, on Chromebooks, which is great for gaming. Uh, if you have an experienced variable refresh rate and also high refresh rate gaming, uh, definitely do so because it's, it's far superior to the locked 60 or uh, especially 30 locked 30 frames per second gaming so when you uh, say variable like the good side of variable you just mean allowing it to go beyond above 60 frames per second so variable just means that the frame rate on the screen matches the frame rate from the game so you don't get any duplicate frames so um it just makes it everything's much, much more smooth. Like even if you're only going 60 frames or whatever, you don't see any duplicate frames. Cause if you have like a 144 Hertz monitor and your game is only running at like 90 frames, you'll notice that difference. And a lot of times there'll be clipping. Um, but if it, if it's variable, it changes with the, with the, okay. the game. So it's always sense. one frame. It's always showing you one frame at a time and it's it just makes a much more crisp and smooth experience gotcha yeah um what was my other one oh the new mario kart tracks got released actually um that was uh it was saint patty's day actually was was the day they came out i have not yet played them i wanted to on saint patty's day but i had a few too many beers and i ended up going to bed earlier than i wanted to so uh yeah but uh they're they're available now, so I you can get them for free if you're part of the uh, Nintendo Switch Online membership plus. 
I don't know what the exact name is, but we all have it. So if you have Mario Kart, we have Mario Kart 8. If you guys have Mario Kart 8, you can download the new tracks. Sweet. Yeah. I don't think I have Mario Kart 8 anymore. Really? That, that can't be what? a game you got rid of. Corey. I must have traded it in. If I don't play something for, you know, a month or whatever, and I see it just sitting there, I'll take it in and trade it while it still has value. Sure. Well, Nintendo games will always have value. That's true. Yeah, good point. I mean, mean, even Mario Kart sold, I mean, between the Wii U and the Switch versions, probably 60, 70 million copies. That's crazy. (laughs) But anyway, so that's Mindable Bits. Corey, you got anything? Nah. No. Nah. Will? Yeah, I actually have a few things. Um, so there's a humble bundle. Uh, it's the Stand with Ukraine bundle uh, for $40. Uh, you get a lot of stuff. You get uh, Satisfactory, Back for Blood, Metro Exodus, Spyro Reignited Trilogy, Max Payne, Sunset Overdrive, Quantum Break, Fable Anniversary, This War of Mine, PGA 2K22 or 21, Slay the Spire. Um, Wargroove, and there's 123 stuff total in that. Starbound's wow. in there as well. Um, so if you're looking to get a bunch of games, I think for $40, even things like Metro, Sunset, Back for Blood, Spyro um, is worth that. So Yeah, I don't own Metro Exodus, so. Yep, so uh, I think everyone should check out that bundle. All the proceeds go to uh, humanitarian relief efforts because Ukraine needs a lot of uh, humanitarian relief efforts over there mm-hmm. um, as the battle still wages on. So uh, check that out if you're interested. Um, this is a, one that I'm really interested in. The Games on Quick Speed Run is going to be returning in June and it's in person. Oh, uh, which is nice. Cool. Yeah, so like I watch this religiously when it's going on, so I like it and it kind of the like digital only one or virtual kind of takes a little bit of the energy away. Yep. I like hearing the, the big nerdy gamers yelling while people are doing speed runs. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, for people who are actually uh, going, like want to go there and interested, uh, you have to be vaccinated and have masks will be required. So where is it? Um, good question, Dan. Uh, I can tell you it's June 26th through July 23rd. Let me see if I can skim real quick to see if I can see where it is. I think last time it was in, like, Minnesota, last time they had a live one. Like, maybe St. Paul. Yeah, Bloomington, Minnesota. Blo- okay, Bloomington, Minnesota. Nice. Yep, so it sounds like it's sticking with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, Hogwarts Legacy uh, got a state of play from Sony. I don't know if you guys saw any of that. It looks really cool. Uh, if you're a Harry Potter fan, I feel like this game is going to be right up your alley. So, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to it. I have not seen the state of play, but I'm very excited for it because I'm a, a recent Harry Potter fan. Yeah, same here, Dan, actually. So this I like, was watching it, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. It looks pretty awesome, um, in my opinion. It seems like they're going above and beyond with it, and it's coming out this year. They gave a holiday 2022 release date. Uh, so I'm going to guess it's going to get delayed to early 2023. Okay. It's going to be what's going to end up happening, but it's not too far off. I mean, we're already three months into this year, so. Yeah. Um, couple more. Overwatch 2 closed beta has a release date, April 26th. I signed up for that because I started playing a little bit of Overwatch with my friends. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. 
There was a surprise release on Game Pass. Uh, the game was Tunic. I think that's a game that the three of us actually would really like to check out. It's apparently like a Zelda-esque game. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's like a fox is the main character. Yep, right? exactly. And it reviewed pretty high, too. I think it was like 87 on Open Critic. So, uh, yeah, I, I heard good things about that. Yeah, Xbox with these indie games on Game Pass, they're really knocking it out of the park. They really are. Finding all the gems. Which is cool. Yeah, I really like that. Um, that's about it. Do either of you guys have interested in the Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin game? Wait, what? I don't know anything about, about it. Oh, man. This game looks bizarre, and I'm kind of interested in it. Uh, but that came out yesterday. Huh. I've not heard of that. No, me either. Oh, man. It's uh, it's like a retelling of the first Final Fantasy. <laughs> but Oh, really? Yeah, you know, like, when something's, like, is so bad and campy, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, the vibe I've gotten with this game from people who have played it. It's got, like, one of the edgiest main characters of any video game ever. Nice. It's a, re- so. it's a retelling of the first Final Fantasy game. Yep, but it's done, it's made by the people who did Neo and Neo 2, um, oh. so it's more of like a Souls-y action really? game, so yeah, it's less difficult um, and more action-y huh. with the job system. To be honest, I feel like this is going to be a really fun action game that I want to get when I just want to like play something action-y and fun. Uh, yeah. not, I, do, like, I don't really care too much about the story, if I care about it, I'll just play the Pixel 1, or the Pixel Remaster. Um, like a yeah. devil may cry, right? Like that kind of. Yep, exactly. Interesting. I don't and know. This, is this I, out? This game? Yeah, came out uh, yesterday. Huh. Is it on Xbox? Yep, I think so. Actually, I meant to text you guys about it, but hmm. I was just distracted. But yeah, what's like the... one of the. What's that? Go ahead. I was gonna say like one of the scenes, like with the main character just being an edge lord. He. <laughs> he. It's like they're talking to some royalty, and he says something that they don't like. So the main character, who's Jack, says, "I don't care." Pulls out his phone, starts playing like a Limp Biscuit sounding song, and then just walks out while listening to the song on his phone. And I'm like, "What is going on in this game?" But people say the story is so hilariously bad; it's like good, nice. All right, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah, the thing that I'm, like, really interested in is the combat system and the job system. Uh, I feel like that looks pretty cool. From what I've seen, it looks pretty awesome uh, in the game, so. Any word on Final Fantasy sixteen? Um, Is that this year? Yeah, no, it's going to be 2023, I think. Is that uh, supposed to be an MMORPG? Or is that Final Fantasy seventeen? Um, <laughs> It's actually made by the guy who saved fourteen. So it's going to be a single-player game, okay. but um, he's the one that's doing it. I think they'll we'll know more at E3 or whatever is going to be E3 this year. I don't know if E3 is around anymore. Sure. Man, can you imagine being that guy that saved Final Fantasy XIV? Yeah. Yeah, what a, what a legend. Like, here, let me, let me make sure this $500 million you invested into this game isn't <laughs> just wasted. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Square's had like quite a quite a spotty track record right now between uh, Babylon Fall, the Chocobo Kart Racer game. Oh, I, yeah, I've heard a little bit about that. Yeah, they're kind of dropping the ball on some stuff. 
Too bad. How, no kidding. How was your week, Will? Oh, it was okay. It was on spring break, so I was in Rhode Island. Um, I was in Newport, which is a really cool area. I'm not the biggest fan of Providence, Rhode Island, but the more out of the city you get, the more I end up liking Rhode Island, to be honest. Um, I'm just not a big city person. I don't know how you did it, Corey, in New York City. Alcohol. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I can see that. It's just like... I don't like walking on the street and then just being harassed by like a homeless person or like somebody trying to talk yeah. to me. I'm like, please just leave me alone. Yeah. You get used um, to it though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she is. I'm like, good for you. I just, I don't really do that. Um, also my car window being smashed didn't really ingratiate me to Providence very well. Um, but like I said, the more out of the city we get, the more I'm like, ah, like I like this here a lot more. So yeah. I just, I'm not a city person. I don't ever see myself wanting to live in a city for more than a year. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, I, I know uh, it was a half joke when I said alcohol is what got me through, but it, it was a half joke, you know, like we, we yeah. drank a lot and a lot of it was just like the anxieties of, of being in a city and like, I don't know. I don't want to use the word survival because it wasn't that dire, but like, yeah, as a farmer, you know, basically who grew up in a one stop light town, graduating class of like 90 people, you know, yeah, it's tough to, to, to pick up and go to a packed city where, you know, parking is almost impossible all the time. And you're just like, you're like cattle. It's, it's a totally different experience. And, um, alcohol was one way to like temper the, the anxieties of all that stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like something usually happens when I'm there. Sure enough, I got a parking ticket for being illegally parked, which yeah. was annoying, but like, whatever, it's only 20 bucks. But like, I was trying to explain to Allie, and I don't know if she gets it that well, but I'm like, I don't like, so like we went to breakfast at this really awesome place called Amy's there. Great spot. But when you're in there, you're shoulder to shoulder with people. And, like, everywhere in Providence is like that. And I just don't have a good t- – I get stressed when I'm shoulder to shoulder in a packed area with a ton of other people. I just, like, don't like that. Yeah. And, like, that happens, like, up here and, like, stuff like that. But it's not every single place you go into. Right. Everything's just, miniaturized like, in cities. Yeah, I, yeah. And, like, I was looking at it, like, rent is just way more expensive because you're in a city. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't really care for any of that, to be honest. Well, you're a um, farmer. Come on. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> embrace it. <laughs> I embrace it. I embrace it. Um, like, I have zero interest in going to New York City. Her friends live there, so I have to go at some point. But, like, I'm okay with never going to New York City at this point. After you, like, visiting you while you're out there a couple times, I was just like, a weekend is good for me in yeah. New York City, but oh, yeah, definitely. anything more than that is no way. Yeah. So, but I did that. Um, and then I've just been playing games. Uh, me and my friends have a tradition where we are on Discord from like 9 a.m. until about 1. Um, we'll pop in and out from there. But like Dakota plays Age of Empires and then like we play Chivalry together. Um, all that stuff. It's fun. Uh, I've really warmed up to Discord over the uh, over the years because I used to hate it. I used to think it was awful. Yeah. So it's gotten uh, a lot better. <laughs> I didn't know this. Uh, sorry to hijack your week, Will, but um, Sophie, Sophie saw the Discord notification pop up on my phone the other day 
Apparently, Discord is what men use to cheat on their spouses. Really? Apparently, really? I thought yeah. that was like kick. No, Discord. How? how? Really? That's just what they chat with. I don't know. Really? Apparently, like it's a it's a thing. I, I didn't know about it. Yeah, I mean, we only know it as that's what gamers use. That's yeah, for gamers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I thought it was where the sweaty nerds were. Yeah. Well, apparently, it's where the uh, philandering men also hang out. Did Weird. you uh, say to Sophie? How'd you know? <laughs> I don't remember what I said. It's like you want to look and see what I'm talking. Yeah. It's it's you guys and my other fantasy hockey chat. That's all. That's all yeah. I use it for. Uh, that's funny. That's yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, that's what men use to cheat. But men uh, are pigs. yeah, that, yeah, men are pigs. We're the worst. Um, I, that's all I've done though. Just been just been gaming all that jazz. Back to school on Monday, so that's gonna slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what about you, Corey? What do you got new for us? Not much. Uh, been really busy with work. Uh, every now and again, things just kind of all coincide at once. And like this week wasn't too bad, but last week I was putting in like 15 hour work days. It is just, you do enough of those and it's just like, it's hard to pick up the next day. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's burnout and it's, it's real and it sucks. Um, but I can't really complain. As I was, I was talking to a coworker the other day. I'm like, I can, I can work in my pajamas all day from wherever I want. I don't even need to, you know, I don't even need to work nine to five. I can start my work day at five if I want. So there's a lot of flexibility. So I'm trying to just focus on the positives and not let right. the negatives um, sully it too much. But yeah, just a lot of work. And uh, this week things cleared up a little bit. Um, was able to play a little bit more video games, but. Um, definitely watch the Adam project on Netflix. Uh, anybody who part sci-fi, but it's mostly just like father, son, um, heartfelt storytelling, um, some time travel aspect there too, but it's just, it's one of those movies that I feel like could have come out in the nineties and wouldn't have felt out of place, you know, and just all those fun blockbuster, you know, easy watch kind of films were coming out. Um, and Ryan Reynolds, I just really like his brand of comedy. So, yeah, he's um, good. He's funny. The watch. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, Clayton and Susie. Uh, spoilers for The Bachelor. Clayton and Susie ended up together, uh, which I did not see coming. I know. I don't think you guys watch anymore, Dan. But um, or at least your wife doesn't watch anymore. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we definitely watched all of The Bachelor this season, and the finale was on Tuesday. Uh, it was a wild, wild season. That Clayton, he's not a very bright man. <laughs> he is not. He. Nice. I'll just tell you guys because it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, so they do. They do this thing called fantasy suites, suites, which is, which is towards the end. There's like three, uh, three people left in the competition for the Bachelor, the Bachelorette, and they get to spend a night together if they so choose. So of course Clayton slept with the first two girls, the first two fantasy suites, and when the third girl came around, she said. I just don't think I can be with you if you were intimate with the other two girls. And wow. he's like, news to me. I slept with both of them. And she's like, bye, I'm out. Um, and then the other two girls were devastated because he felt like he needed to tell them. And then they decided to stay. He convinced them to stay on the show, even though they were all upset. And then he ended up kicking them both out anyway and going after the one girl that left him. So he's huh. just a big idiot. He's wow. a big idiot. Um <laughs> But he ended up getting her in the end, so huh. maybe it, it all worked out. I don't know. But uh, yeah, 
good good high quality uh, reality tv that's uh good for my mushy brain sure i have to question her uh her standards if she ends up staying with him or going for him well i don't know uh she was my favorite from the start and that's one of the reasons why i really like watching the show i feel like i can pick the winner uh who's gonna be the winner like really early on so it's a test of my i don't know predictive capabilities yeah perception yeah um and i picked her right off the bat so she kind of blindsided him i i'll give him a little credit because if she felt that way she she probably should have said something about that before um so when she got the news that it had happened it seemed like she was a little quick to kind of like give up on everything and i think he felt like her intentions were never really pure so he was a jerk to her, which he should not have been. That was, that was a bad look for him. Um, but yeah, she ended up changing her mind about it. I don't know. Huh. To each their own. We should do a, uh, we should start watching and doing a podcast on the bachelor. And the bachelor. <sighs> I don't think I could. <laughs> Just for I'll... three or four yeah. guys. Talking about <laughs> the bachelor. I'll do it. <laughs> I, I, the only thing I can watch anymore is, is sports. That's it. That's literally it. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I watch hockey, but my wife watches a lot of the trashy TV. Yeah, um, my wife watches some TV too. I, for me, I'd rather. I mean, we've talked about it before, but I'd rather play video games than than watch things on TV. Yeah, definitely. So. I don't, yep. I don't ever watch anything. So, you know, sometimes the kids will want to watch a movie, so we'll watch a movie. But a lot of it now is uh, us showing them, like, older movies that we watched, you know. Um, and we're watching Harry Potter together as, as a family. So, but trying to get seven people to sit down and watch a movie is not, not easy. It's to go back I'll to the Harry Potter conversation because you guys said you're two recent converts. I also am a recent convert. And maybe we've talked about this before, but didn't the the like first Harry Potter movie come out around the same time of, as Lord of the Rings. So it yeah. was like yep. Lord of the Rings fans versus Harry Potter fans. Yeah. There, I mean, there was an episode of South Park where Cartman and wanted everybody to play um, <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings instead of Harry Potter. And <laughs> they came. <laughs> so uh, one of, one of his friends, he, he made mad. So they went to go play with the Harry Potter kids. And he's like, uh, you know, fine, go play Harry pussy butthole Potter. <laughs> It was good stuff. Uh, yeah. If there's an episode of South Park about it, you know it was a cultural. Uh, yep. So there, there was that, and I, I probably, I probably swore off Harry Potter. But what, what happened was, is when we were watching, when me and my wife were watching Game of Thrones, that's when we were into like, you know, watching things. So I had never seen the Harry Potter movies. I had never watched the books, and I think she bought them for me for Christmas. So after we caught up on on Lord of the Rings, because neither one of us started when it first started. Um, we, we watched all the Harry Potter movies and, and I really liked them. So yeah, you should but watch, um, I'm, I'm, I, I have the books too. I'm going to read the books, you know, shortly here. Cause I, I, books are always better than, than the movies. So go ahead, Corey. You should watch the, uh, wheel of time series on Amazon. I think it's on Amazon. Yeah. I've heard about that. It's really good. Yeah. There's a lot of good TV out there now. I just like, the stuff that I watch is stuff that you can kind of passively watch. Cause even sports, yeah. you know, if you miss a few minutes here and there, you know, it's easy to get caught back up. Even like if you, 
if you missed a goal or something in a hockey game, like they'll show the highlights in between periods. Several so times, yeah, yeah, you don't really feel like you miss anything. And like, uh, you know, I, I watch uh, during the day, I watch Tim, the tap man, but again, like, you know, passive, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, it's passive watching. So stuff like that, I feel like I have to actively watch and pay attention to, and it's just, it's hard with young kids. So, yep. um, anything else, Corey, right? Nah, running? Okay. Uh, I've only got a couple quick things. So last week I talked about the like electrical gremlins in my wife's car. So uh, she finally she finally picked a car from Carvana. She's getting a Lincoln MKC, which is Ooh. like a smallish SUV. Uh, Carvana is supposed to deliver it on Tuesday. So we're excited about that. Is that the one that Matthew McConaughey drives? He drives Lincolns. Yeah, it's not the big one. The MKC is like a smallish SUV. Um, so we're we're looking forward to that because her car, like sometimes it'll start on the second push button. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes 15 minutes to start. It's not a dead battery or anything like that. It's just the starter is bad. Uh, and that's the, the uh, nowadays that stuff's not cheap to fix right no and so you know i am on my car research website that i go to uh that's like a common problem and a lot of people like even if after they fix the problem uh usually it would require a replacement of a starter uh in the car but the push button seems to be like ruining that on, on the on that car particular car so uh even people that fix the starter like a year later would have the same problem so uh, her airbag light came on, uh, so the brakes are acting a little bit weird. So we just figured it's time to just get rid of it and, and get something new. So just saw an article, and I'm sure you know this, Dan, but um, now is like <clears throat> a really good time to see if you can make money on your car. I mean, oh, yeah, willing to buy a new car, but um, which are really expensive. But they're saying like a lot of cars are probably worth more now than when you bought them. Yeah, so I, I was telling Will last week one of the kind of cars that we really that we really wanted to get was the the new Ford Maverick, which is a, four, a small four door pickup truck um, that gets like forty miles to the gallon, and they started about twenty thousand dollars, but you can't find them first of all, and if you do find them, they're well over thirty. 35 37 even over 40 like even the well-equipped ford maverick uh from the from the manufacturers like twenty-eight thousand, but you can't find them for under 40 and they're used so people will buy them drive them a thousand miles and sell them for ten thousand over what they bought them for because they're in such high demand i wonder how much i could get for my 2009 hyundai accent right now probably more than you'd expect because even with we even if with, no with Val's car's uh, electrical problems, like she's still getting for a trade in well over uh, what she still owes on it, you know, even, That's awesome. even with mechanical problems. So, yeah, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of um, I kind of want to keep leasing because. That's a long story, but I'm thinking of like <laughs> buying my car and then selling it uh, after I buy it from the dealership. Mm hmm. Um, just because I feel like I don't know what the Volkswagen market is, but I can't imagine it's much much different than the rest of the car market. Yeah, so I feel like I'll be able to very easily get a really good return on it. Yeah, I mean you can look on Carvana; they they will give you estimates. Oh really? Yeah. Try sell it. Sell it to them. Yeah, you could just outright sell it. You could trade it in for something else. 
Oh, word. That'd be awesome. That'd make it a lot easier if I could sell it to Carvana if the, the deal's good. Yeah, because they, they pay... they Because we checked prices a few different places, and they gave us the most value for our trade-in. I Ultimately, I think you pay a little bit more for the cars, but for us, it's worth the convenience of having it delivered, not having to shop for a car in person, and not having Which to deal with, deal with a car dealer. Because I, I don't yeah. like car dealers. I'm 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 with you there, Dan. And if you operate under the mentality that time is money, yeah, then like it's a no brainer. Yep, it's a hundred percent worth it. So, uh, you know, our first experience was was buying my expedition um, through Carvana, and it was great. Like it was seamless, and not everyone has a great experience, but I, you know, well, I my uh, my boss is a car guy. He like mm-hmm. races cars and stuff like oh, that, nice. and he uh, he used Carvana for the first time I think last year. Mm-hmm. And he was so impressed with the service that he went and invested in Carvana. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's a new way of doing things. I I think generally people don't like car dealerships. And they're, you know what? They're putting such high markups on new cars because of the the rare. Like, I wish you could just buy from the factory and have it delivered. You know, I I don't know why you need to have the middleman generally. People don't like to negotiate, you know? I... I stand corrected. There are people that love to negotiate, yeah. that get off on it, and that's what they love to do. But then there's people like me that like don't feel like they have the knowledge and just never feel prepared enough to have those big negotiations with people who are way smarter than me about what I'm talking about. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's the biggest yeah, I just, hurdle I don't, for me. I don't want to deal with that stuff. So I'd rather no. just you know go online, search ten thousand cars that you like, you know, or a thousand, you know however many cars Carvana has, pick one out and have it delivered to your door. Yep. Same way I like to get my Taco Bell. Exactly. So. <laughs> and video games. Yeah. And video games. Uh, all right, moving on. So the only thing I have to talk about for what I played is uh, Elden Ring. I still am adoring Elden Ring. Uh, I got to a point where I was uh, more regularly soloing bosses, which was kind of nice. Uh, but I think a lot of that has to do with me being a little bit overleveled for the bosses that I was fighting. Because um, I'm still like spending a lot of time bouncing around. If I get to a point where I I think I'm overmatched, I'll bounce around and explore an- another area. Uh, I just did the Rhea Lucara Academy, Corey. I don't know if you did, yep. did that one already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the last beast that be- boss I beat was the... I don't know. I went. I went up a big ladder and through like a mine shaft, and it was a dragon at the end that that I beat. Um, I don't think I've beat any dragons yet, so yeah. that might be one I haven't seen. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, that one I I didn't solo, but I I summoned the NPC to help me in it, and and between myself and the NPC, we were able to to whoop him pretty good. So. Oh wait, maybe I do know which one. What level are you, Dan? It's, 58 oh, okay so you're a little bit higher level than me i think i'm like 52 mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I should have mentioned that i've been playing a little elden ring too i did quite a bit of uh, pvping the other day which was actually a lot of fun when yeah. i figured out how to set things up in a way that i'm advantageous <laughs> yeah so i've actually um i forget the exact area it's on the left of the um new uh the lyernia li- yeah Lyernia. i don't know how to say it lyernia of the lakes or whatever lyernia of the lakes yeah on the lower left there there's like a tower 
with a grace point and then you go up a hill a little bit and then there's some giant pots and then there's a big guy with a hammer in there. Mm-hmm. And I found that if I put my red summon down along that path, it kind of looks like it's part of the game. So I feel like people that aren't too, because that's still relatively early in the game, aren't too far into the game, don't know any better and they just see like, oh, what's this thing? And then they use it and summon it. Because I don't see a lot of random red summons in the world. I don't know if you do, Dan. No. Um, but I just started leaving it in that spot. And, and it seemed like these rookie idiots would would summon me. And then I would just beat the hell out of them. My build is really good for PvP. It's all sorcery. Um, but I have the talisman that speed that speed up my sorceries. And then the one that strengthens them. Oh, so wow. I, use okay. the, I use the swift glint shard i think it's called the the sorcery and that's the one that fires really fast so it already fires really fast i have the thing that makes it fire even faster so then um i also have like six memory slots so i can have six different spells active at any time um but i set up the the glint blade phalanx phalanx yeah so those little daggers show up above my head so if the enemy ever gets close to me it's going to take damage from that um and then i drop the uh what do they call them can't remember the name of the spell, but it's the one that you cast and then it hangs above your head and then it fires at the enemy. Yep. So when I'm mean. when I'm distant from them and they start coming towards me, I drop a bunch of those, so there's a little bit of delay. And then as soon as those start firing, they start rolling, but I still have more of those firing. And while those are firing, I start firing my swift one. Mm-hmm. So they're dodging the slower ones, but I'm firing the swift one mm-hmm. all along, and that one's hitting them, and they're taking damage. So then they decide, oh no, I need to rush this guy, because there's no way I can keep dodging these. Right. And then they rush me, and then that's when my phalanx blades hits them and does a little bit of damage. And I also have the shockwave. So as they get close, I use that shockwave, and it, there's enough of a delay that they think there's an opening, and then right when they get to me, it hits them with the shockwave and pushes them back. Oh. And then I have the, the piercing spell, so then my, I, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's just this really long extended blade that I just thrust forward. So even if they think they have enough distance and they're safe, I just lunge forward with that and finish them off. Nice. Um, really effective, really fun. <laughs> I always teabag them after I kill them just because <laughs> it's rewarding. Yeah. But I have found myself in situations where um, you know they're a little bit smarter or they can take the hits that I'm giving them. So in that case, I just back up a little bit, and then that big dude with the hammer ends up showing up and helping me out. Oh, because if, okay. you, if you get summoned into the game world, you're basically like an enemy. Enemies don't attack you. Yeah. They're, they're on your side. So you just kind of have to lure the other player character into the enemy territory, and they're way more willing to do that if your health is low. Right. Um, They'll chase you. Tip. Let your health go down because they think they can get the, the kill, but then they forget that there's these enemies around the area that'll also kill them so nice a lot of fun doing pvp especially when you win not so fun when you're losing every time sure um because if you try the other way of getting summoned in like use the summoning pool the red summoning pool um i i I don't think i want i think i might have won one of those out of a dozen or something so right but it's just another layer to the game that is just a lot you could spend the whole day just doing that and it's a lot of fun or just you know play the single player and that's its own thing and that's a lot of fun too so yeah uh with you great game yeah definitely and uh i another guy i beat actually last night was the last thing i did was the guy at the round table where you you jump off the balcony there and fight him Mm -hmm. have you beaten him yet yep he is a pain in the butt yep because i i i'm like i was kind of winding down you know with what i wanted to do and i was like you know what? i'll take i'll tackle this guy but you know after i've died a few times i'm like all right i'm not 
stopping until I I finally beat this guy and uh finally I did luckily it was it was a tough fight the uh the AI is really good yeah it is um and you it really shows when you're going one on one with another humanoid NPC yeah. like like in that example yeah um the timing of their dodging and everything it's it's kind of just clever yeah it is absolutely um so yeah I'm I'm still absolutely loving uh, Elden Ring, I think I have like 48 hours put into it. Uh, I play, you know, maybe two to three hours uh, just about every night, not every night. But yeah, still still one of my top games of the year. It's it, it's nice to, like you talked about earlier, Cor, it's nice to have uh, Elden Ring and Triangle Strategy to play like simultaneously because they're, they're so different and, uh, you know, Triangle Strategy is significantly less stressful than Elden Ring is, so. That's for sure. Um, I do want to retract one thing I said. I think most of my points from our initial episode on the game stand. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the points I brought up towards the end was how I was less impressed by the enemies and the uh, architecture. And now that I've seen more of the game world, I'll, I'll retract that and say, okay. you know, there is some really cool yeah. um, architecture and enemy design and stuff like that. But I think a lot of my other points still stand. Um, and the main one, my main criticism being that the game didn't really surprise me in any way. You know, we were anticipating something a little bit different than a Souls game, but what we got was just a really freaking awesome big Souls game. Um, I think that point still stands. Right. Agreed. Uh, okay. Will, did you play anything? Just Horizon. Um, anything you want to add? Playing. Uh, no, I do want to say, uh, where do you guys come down on games that have a like a hud and a lot of map markers versus a game like elden ring that doesn't because this is a huge topic of conversation right now i was curious very briefly what you guys think of that i think it depends on the game yeah so a lot of people are bashing horizon uh because it has like a lot of map markers where you can go do a bunch of different stuff saying that like good game design is what elden ring did which just lets you explore it which I don't like that because I think they're two different games and I think there's room for both of them. I don't think one or the other is inherently better. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Okay. I, I kind of like, um, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you, I agree with you guys. But I do kind of like the way a game like Skyrim handles it where you don't see the map marker unless you're close to it and then it shows up in your little compass up top. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. once you go to it, then it then the marker shows up on your map and stays there. Um, I like that way of handling it. I think that's like on on an average of all the games, I think that's the best way to handle it. But to to your guys' point, like there are certain games that call for different circumstances. Yeah, like you know, you're talking about like Assassin's Creed Odyssey too, you know, or Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where you there's you head to the map markers, you know, and then you know Elden Ring, which has very little on it. Yeah, I just feel like there's if I want to get completely engrossed in the world, even though I get more engrossed in Horizon's world, like I'll play an Elden Ring because it just lets me literally go explore whatever. If I want something a little bit more guided, like Assassin's Creed's good for that. Yeah. So that helps out. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a it's an interesting argument, but I think people get dumb over it. So Yeah. Um I agree. Curious. I don't think I don't think one is inherently better than the other. I think it just depends on the game and, and how it works with you know, how it works with the game world. Yeah. Uh I do find it hilarious that whenever a Horizon game comes out, like some world renowned game changer comes out, it was Breath of the Wild, now it's Elden Ring. 
I look forward to when Horizon 3 comes out, when the new Elder Scrolls or like Obsidian's Fallout New Vegas 2 comes out or something to steal the limelight from Horizon again. Yeah. What's the next big release that I'm going to care about? Starfield in November? Is that coming out um, in November? I think so. Yeah, it is November. November 11th. Nice. Yeah, that's going to be a good good weekend. Good question, Corey. Uh, uh, I'm getting Kirby sport. next week. I know that's probably not one you're interested in. Maybe I don't know. I'm kind of in the mood for that game. It's a nice palate cleanser. It's you know open world Kirby game, which we haven't seen in a while. So if the reviews are really good, I might jump on it. Mm-hmm. I've been enjoying playing the Switch. It's nice because I can still be on the couch with the wife while yeah. she's doing her thing. Yeah. As far as big games, I don't know. I, I, I try to check ahead, and there I, there wasn't anything that really jumped out at me over the next couple months. Um, but, you know, we're always running into delays nowadays, too. So, yep, there's that to That's a good point. think about. All right. Uh, yeah, I would say it'll be like Dio Field Chronicles, Corey. That'll be probably the next one. What is it? What was it? Dio Field Chronicles. It's the new Square Enix triangle strategy on all of the consoles. Oh, yeah, that came from the state of play. So, okay. All right. right. Anything else? Not for me. Nah. Okay. Um. So next week, next week's episode. I don't think we have a topic just yet, but we'll we'll have one. We'll have an episode. Uh, Saturday morning, I think, seems to be a good recording time for everybody, right? Usually, so, yeah. Uh, yep. we, we've gotten three episodes in a row, so let's let's keep that going, huh? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so that'll do it for episode 505 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement.